and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the second album from South London quintet Shame called Drunk Tank Pink and it starts out with a song called Alphabet. first album when they were teenagers and it got a decent amount of critical acclaim in the UK and they spent the next two years playing something like 350 shows all over the world and so this album is a lot about coming back and going from that chaotic environment and being in your early 20s and then just having to go back to your regular life where you're working a normal job and things are just kind of boring and repetitive and it's it was written before the pandemic but that makes it unintentionally kind of a great album for the pandemic yeah we were lucky enough to see one of those 350 shows Mm -hmm. in austin at south by southwest and the note i made was high energy feel bad music (laughs) and uh, I love that right here in this first song we have Are You Ready to Feel Good? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a little bit of an invitation that this isn't necessarily going to be the same kind of negativity maybe that they really mined in their <laughs> first album. And even though I think, yeah, this is a song about, oh, you're you know going through the motions or following the rules or monkey see and monkey do, all of these sorts of conformism is not really bringing you satisfaction. But it's, I think, a nice way to start the album and i love that it's so like a clockwork song like you when i just working through this oh the entire thing's in and out in 30 seconds and each of the verses each of the chorus is like almost exactly 20 seconds so there's boom 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 nice little instrumental section nothing outstays its welcome it is probably a very simply structured song but real toe tapper and yeah yeah i'm ready to feel good so (laughs) going from this yeah very high high tempo it's kind of feel bad, but I, you know, let's open the door to a, a new, some new experiences. I, I, I think it's. I remember that show, and I think that that sound at the time was much more. And obviously, this is from a live show as well, but just much more brash and noisy. And this album is much more introspective, while still being very high energy and noisy. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I think yeah, we go into from this you know high tempo, fast tempo into something slower still pretty high energy on the next track it's called Nigel Hitter
it just goes uh, It just goes uh, It just goes uh. such a great showcase for their drummer charlie forbes who is the second charlie in the band after charlie steen the lead singer and i think lead songwriter and this song hey there's so much amazing percussion such a variety of cowbells and clicks but also such kind of weird synth noises these odd kind of bloops and organ background drones and it's really a lot of depth but it never feels overwrought and that's a testament to the fact that they're working with this producer james ford who i guess had worked with arctic monkeys but also bands like florence and the machine so a diverse mm-hmm. discography from that guy and he wanted to work with him he said hey i got i got time at my studio in france Aww. do you want to come and apparently yeah this they worked really well together because the just the rich sonic palette here i think the combination of their still very angular post-punk sensibilities but with this really rich production it's so successful i think he does a really good job as well to highlight the different members of the band who are all super talented but i feel like there's no you know even the vocals none of the instruments are more prominent than the others and i don't like it when the vocals are too low in the mix but i feel like these are just perfectly like i wouldn't call them low in the mix they're just perfectly mixed so that they don't drown out or they don't distract from this amazing guitar work and incredible drums and this funky bass like uh, all of the instruments all of the musicians seem to work really well together and they just kind of interlock yeah that it's that it manages to have this yeah very produced sound but also almost this improvisational feel where i feel like the 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 sound is bouncing from instrument to instrument and i it, it may well have been very planned but it feels so natural like they've just played and again they toured and played live so many shows that there's clearly that comfort with each other that shines on a track like this and that it's such a yeah high energy track about like the joys of being at home and getting to do your own sheets and not being at a hotel (laughs) and everybody likes to do their own sheets well the smell of fresh linen is a is a good smell for sure And so I think coming from the joys of being home on this track, we get into maybe some of the uh, issues with spending a little too much time at home on the next track. It's called March Day. One smitten, twice removed. Don't daddy, you got nothing to lose. Raise a flag, now salute. I am Robert, I don't want to be rude. Close my eyes, take the pills. Now I want to do is just not still strapped in. Feel the heat, causing the death. Wow.
record. It's so high energy. And I think that one of the things that I really like about this record is the way that they use these shouty background vocals that are always just, they're not, you know, like I actually didn't notice them so much how heavily they're used at first, but they're really effective. And there's a lot of call and response shouty vocals here, background vocals here. Yeah, there's a really lovely use of, I think, yeah, the, the, sort of the sense of I can't get up I won't get up and that that's the high energy like <laughs> that's the most rousing call to action yeah. uh, I can't get up I won't get up and I'm a sucker for those sorts mm. of high energy stasis but yeah it's this you know maybe you, you're a little too comfortable in your home and I guess this is uh, the song where he's celebrating the f- really the closest thing to a the a title track because I guess the drunk tank pink comes from after their tour, he was a little burnt out, uh, Charlie Steen and decided to paint his bedroom, this very soothing shade of pink. Yeah. It's so supposedly there was scientific studies. This is kind of a, I think it's a little bit apocryphal, although there were studies at the time that this shade of pink really helps calm people down. And so they used it in mental hospitals and drunk tanks and a lot of situations where you wanted to just chill people out. Yeah, so apparently it worked really well because he did not want to get up. But at the same time, the yeah, this call to action and how that he has, I think towards the end of the song, what's really great is that I, th- I think the 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 lead vocals, the backing vocals are in very close sync. And towards the end of the song, then they kind of go out of sync with each other. And it almost becomes like an in the round situation with these sort of the bits of the I can't get up, won't get up with this entire like I told my, you know, I said 10 times get out like just he's trying to take control of his life. And I yeah, it's it's so catchy that I'm not going to read too deeply into it. Or I just realized you didn't connect that back. The the shade of the pink the, or the pink shade was he painted his room this shade of pink and then called it the womb. And he would talk about going into the womb to feel safe. And there's a line in here about I feel yeah, safe in his in room. Womb. In it, yeah, in yeah. his womb. Uh, and so, yeah, I think from from this, we go to maybe a little, yeah, a little lower energy, a, less of a call of action, but a very pretty and fun song called Water in the Well. Charlie Steen does so much shouting that it's really great to hear him break into this David Byrne-esque croon talking where it's he's you can hear that he's got a really great voice yeah there definitely is some of that the percussion on this and then he does like this crooning and then there's some like 
he's like he refers to someone as a spe- 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 special friend it feels very 80s and it's yeah this very charming song it's definitely i think uh it was a nice warning for me not to read too much into what i think the lyrics are about because i feel like usually they're very clear on this song uh, on this album but here like with all the references to the preacher and savior. And then there's a bridge where he's all about cruxes and luxes. And I'm like, Oh, this is very much about religion. So I thought this is the last time I see God. No, apparently it's, this is the last time acid dad, because some guy's dad threw a rave when they were trying to, they like went up to Scotland to get away from it all. And someone's like, Oh yeah, you guys are getting away from the big city. Now time to party. And so I guess that's acid dad. And yeah, I don't know quite what it means, but it's a really fun song. And Let's focus on that. <laughs> so I, I, what I think was really successful with the second album and, you know, a lot of new bands have trouble with a sophomore album and we talk about the sophomore slump because they kind of get all their ideas out. They've had years of their musical careers to come up with this ideas, these ideas and then they like lose them all in the the first album and it's tough to come up with additional material whereas this band has talked about how they toured for so long that they were just sick of what they were doing and it really inspired them to want to come in and do something differently and i read an interview where one of the guitarists was talking about how tired he was of playing guitar and so he just came back and you know did all these alternative tunings and was really experimenting with how he could play his guitar differently and i think you can feel that spirit of experimentation especially on this song which is different and it is a little bit throwbacky but i i, I really like it no it's super fun and yeah the the different variety of, of percussion sounds the different guitar sounds their willingness to throw synth into the mix and apparently some of their fans from the first album were on social media saying no don't do it don't put synths on the second album but i feel like they've done it in a way that's really works with the sound and I, I think it's just their, a sign of yeah their ambition as musicians that they're so tight at what they were doing and are now opening up to this bigger world. And I think that really pays off on this next track, which is sort of the right smack dab in the middle of, of the album. It's one of the longest songs on the album, maybe the most structurally ambitious and I'll, let's call it a tentpole. It's called Snow Day. I know what I need. I 
I think it's it's you know less than six minutes long, but there's so many different ideas crammed in here. I mean, you made the comment about the sophomore slump where the band runs out of ideas. That is not the case here. And it's, I think, in the hands of lesser musicians, it would be too many ideas to cram into one mm-hmm. song. But I do feel like it works and creates such an energy where I think it starts off relatively quiet mm-hmm. with this sort of idea of being out in nature there's this entire breakdown in the chorus which i love the irony of this lyric of everything comes together or everything comes together at once as the entire song basically explodes in front of us and it's this complete anarchy that is still under control and the shouting and the rhythm is not a discernible rhythm nothing makes sense and yet it works and it's something i have not seen anyone really pull off sense i think the doug hermans were active in the mid 90s go back and listen to them and they were masters of this sort of breakdown and shouting and the time pictures breaking apart and then coming back together into something completely different and that's what happens here where we then go into these multiple different bridges and towards the end it resolves into this amazing guitar super high almost screeching but more just this clarion call to action and the the vocals move from being shouted to being sung in this way that so it's like harmonizing against the guitars and then this chorus rises out of the depths and it's so powerful this song is amazing (laughs) i just and it's right here right in the middle of the album and i think it provides kind of this pivot from i think yeah this first part of the the first half of the album which while musically complicated is still to my ears pretty poppy and this is anything but yeah it's funny that you say that because the first half of the album was what i really focused on and then i kept losing interest when we went when we got to the back half because i prefer i need those pop hooks to keep my attention and this song really lost me it was too much and it was too chaotic and i ended i kept skipping past it (laughs) So I think, I mean, I think my point is that there's something for everyone and they have a lot of different styles here. And I like that they're including a lot of different things, um, even though they're not all to my taste. Yeah, well, exactly. I'll, you know, you'll look at very various reviews out there and the reviewer will never be say like high point on the album, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. the, honestly, some of the out, those songs that are mentioned in reviews as high points, I find to be some of the most kind of forgettable. Like I think there are tracks where, uh, they're not bad, but I feel like the they're like they're just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, and instead of cohering into something beautiful like this song, it just ends up kind of like a sludge or kind of a a trudge. And I I do feel like towards the second half of the album things get a lot darker, and I think there aren't this, the same level of pop hooks. But I think there and some of the songs are more straightforward and just dark. But some of them certainly, I think, are still pretty ambitious and interesting. And so that'll be how I would describe this next track we'll play. And it's called Six Slash One. I'm 
are definitely more challenging for me but I like that this one has this energy and a feeling that it's building towards something even though there aren't it's kind of a very chaotic song structure or it's a non-traditional song structure I felt like there was it was more intentional than snow day and I was able to track it a little bit better yeah and whereas to me I feel like it's it's less ambitious and to my mind less successful mm-hmm. and I think maybe precisely because snow day for all of its ambition, it still had traditional pop structures of, oh, here's a verse, here's another verse, here's a chorus, mm-hmm. here's a bridge, and then here we're going to hear the chorus again, maybe with more intensity the second time. Whereas um, in this one, there's not, nothing is repeated. There's no structure that is repeated. Again, there's just this sort of off-kilter, two, these two different guitar melodies that mm-hmm. interlock kind of, and... And a then weird this, detuned piano. Yeah, and this energy that is almost metal in a way that was I found a little off-putting because I think the section that I would describe as sort of chorus-like almost <laughs> sounds like a 90s new metal in a way that's like feels very out of place. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a little out of the flow of the album, but it's also really interesting that they are not afraid to try different ideas. And like, yeah, we'll go there. We'll We'll sound like some of the most reviled music in the world and <laughs> try and find something good there. And, and there's still a great energy there, even if it's just this sort of self-doubt kind of anthem of like, well, I love myself and I hate myself and I'm I'm wonderful. I'm also everything I was afraid of becoming. It's really a, yeah, very ambiguous, very appropriate for young kids figuring themselves out. And this song I didn't really recognize as a separate song. I kept thinking this was all one long song because if you're listening to the album straight through, it bleeds together into the next song we'll play, which is called Harsh Harsh Degrees. It's the penultimate track.
Yeah, it is really strange that, yeah, this is another super metal-sounding track. Yeah. And it's does not fit with the rest of the album. And it, I think it's the interesting question of how do you do track sequence on a record to kind of keep everyone on board that I'm sure there are a lot of people who would love this stuff and it would pull them in, but they put it at the end. And meanwhile, someone like you just is getting off the train right around here. And even I, who has a f- real affection for metal was not quite on board for this much of it on this particular album. So they do it well. I, I think this is a really successful song, but it's just, it's it's compared to, I think, the real intricacy and lightness. This is a very heavy and kind of de- kind of just a downer way to be coming into the home stretch of the album. Yeah, it's so, it, it feels so angry. And especially towards the end when there's that, I think it's a very processed guitar sound that's very kind of, abrasive and screechy and then the parts of the song where things are slightly off of the syncopation with the drums like his vocals go a little bit off and then the guitars go a little bit off and come back and it's all just very unsettling and i'm sure that's the intent but it's not something that i want to listen to yeah it's this sentiment of like yeah you are my puppet master and i'm your play toy it's such a just it's like a little sophomoric but uh again it's only their second album which is their sophomore album so we can cut them a little slack on that and again i i would rather see a band trying different things and stretching their you know stretching their muscles that's like what can we pull off and yeah you know it's they're not going to be a rousing success every time but as i said i think this song works and it shouldn't it's just more that like is it what i need to hear at this point in the album not sure but keep i want them to keep trying new stuff i want them to keep experimenting and growing as artists and I'm, I'm prepared to see a slight stumble from time to time because that means they're trying and it's really exhilarating to see a band this talented and this young yeah they are still in their early 20s and you know i think their first album was, was much more kind of punk like on the punk side of post-punk and loud and more abrasive and after doing all these very energetic live shows and spending all these all this time touring and having that be a successful way to connect with people you think they could come back and go more in that direction and have it be louder and and like thrashier and noisier and instead they've really i think come back and been a lot more thoughtful about constructing these songs. And while I like the ones on the first part of the record better, you like the ones on the second half and they're showing their range and they're showing that they're more than just a punk band. And I really like that. Yeah. And I think as we come to the end of the album, I think this last track is another really long song and it's, I would describe it as contemplative, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean it's not noisy. Doesn't mean it's not high energy, but it has, a certain remove a certain sense of hey we're trying to grow up and be mature humans and not just scream and yell and it's so great to see them yeah growing as artists as they grow as people and here's hoping that i'll have something a little more nuanced to say the next time i get a chance to see them live which hopefully will not be another i think it was like two or three years ago that we saw them so Mm -hmm. hopefully a little sooner than two or three years so we'll go off, go out with that last track, which is called Station Wagon. And we've been discussing the album Drunk Tank Pink by the band Shame. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening.
revolution and it's not even the end of the year It goes well with a cup of coffee Extra sugar and extra cream I'm living the dream This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.